What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Frame by Frame, a podcast all about your favorite movies and TV shows. I'm your host, Aman, and joining me today is Mr. IGN himself. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I am fighting off a cold, but I'm I'm doing well. Happy to be here. How are you? Me? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Trying to adjust to the weather because October is a very weird month. Um, cause yeah, like, you know, last week it was like, um, like I'm talking Celsius here. It's like between two to three degrees. And then this okay. week it's back to like 27, 28, Ooh, like what damn. the hell's going on? And then next week there's a chance of snow. So I'm like the weather here is <laughs> it's super weird, but yeah. Um, Global warming. Yeah. So I, I so yeah, literally I got like a jacket and all that stuff. Cause I thought I was going to get colder and this week is just heat started sweating. And, uh, yeah, next week we might snow. So you never know damn. what's up with Michigan weather. But uh, yeah, guys, before we start, make sure to subscribe to our channel for daily content. You can further support our show by heading over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star review. Every five-star review will be read live on the show. And let's give a big shout out to all of our Patreons, shall we? Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, SAZ, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Brianna herself, Aman, my good man over there. Anna Hudak, Nikolai Knight, and the most recent addition to the Patreon, Cypher Primus. If you want to hear your name at the start of every show, head on over to patreon.com slash save the game media and subscribe to the tier of your liking and gain access to exclusive perks that will enhance your experience. And man, now that the housekeeping is done, let's jump on into the show. All righty, let's start. Uh, so first up, Sam, what have you watched this week? um not not all that much is it, is again it, is it another I, sam week i apologize it, i've been a, <laughs> been a busy busy boy there have been oh, some yeah. things going on in the background that i legitimately cannot talk about um it, it could be it could be exciting but uh one thing i have managed to watch definitively is the latest episode of andor Ooh, andor um, okay yes uh this is uh, I don't think I've talked about it. This is probably the show on Disney Plus that I've been the least excited about mm-hmm. out of all of them prior to release. Um, I was one of those people that was like, well, we know where you know Cassian's story ends. Uh-huh. How are they going to be able to really have any kind of stakes in the story? And whilst the first few episodes kind of seemed to confirm my uh, my worries... I think episode four, five, and especially six, this latest one, have made me completely reconsider um, this show. I, I I posted about it on Twitter, um, but I, I legitimately think that depending on how the second half of this season goes, because it is, I think episode six is halfway. No, there's 24 episodes. episodes. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. I feel like there are I feel like there are 12. I think it's divided into two sections. There's 20 12 episodes now and then 12 episodes next year. Sure, so like another season. It's something like that, but there's 24 episodes. Um yeah, so halfway point of what we're getting now. Um, depending on how this second half goes, this is this could very likely be like my favorite Star Wars thing ever. Um I've talked about this with I watched it the show with my my dad who is also a massive Star Wars fan saw the originals in the cinemas when they came out um and we we've talked about it pretty much 3 weeks in a row now um of how Andor more so than anything Star Wars has ever done is capturing the essence and and the feeling of what it would be like as a rebel of having this massive corporation conglomerate, the Empire, and exactly what it feels like. Even Rogue One, even though Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars thing, it still isn't, it hasn't achieved what Andor has already done, even just within these past three episodes. Right. Um, it's giving me a feeling that I've I've never quite gotten out of Star Wars, and I didn't realize that I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I just checked. It's twelve episodes in the first season, and the second season, which is coming out next semester, next season, next year. Uh, God, I'm still so I'm so caught up in the exam. <laughs> yeah. Next semester, but uh, yeah, uh, next year. Um, 
uh, it, another 12 episodes will release. Okay. But I think they filmed all 24 at once. So that, right. That's where my confusion is at. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, recently, I've just been like, it's hard for me to get excited about anything Star Wars because there isn't a clear sense of direction, similar with how I am with uh, the DCEU. You know, like mm-hmm. there isn't a clear sense of direction where they're taking the story, you know, and or it might just be a one off story or is it going to lead to something? I have no clue. And then, you know, next thing we know, they might release a Darth Vader show that's completely unrelated and might be a sequel to Obi-Wan. So I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to where Star Wars is heading. It's in a very confused spot right now. So, you know, I'm not really looking forward to anything they have in the works at the moment. They, they might build up to something. But yeah, uh, DC and Star Wars currently, I think they're in a very confused spot. And uh, yeah, need to get their, need to get their stuff together. But uh, what have I watched this week? Um, I started watching The Midnight Club on Netflix. Um, not going to lie. It's pretty bad so far. Um, I'm only oh. on episode three. Uh, but yeah, the characters are very, very basic. Like It's cliche characters you find in almost any high school-ish TV show. But in this one, they're uh, all sort of in this uh, school where people go to die and sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's an anthology show. Each episode, there's a different story being told. Um I don't find it scary at all. The jump scares are so lackluster. They literally warn you beforehand before a jump scare is about to pop up. So I'm like, okay, what's the point of that? So, uh, yeah, it's kind of lackluster. So far, I'm not enjoying it, but I'm going to give it a chance um, because I think Brianna uh, really recommends it to me. So, you okay. know, I'm going to watch the 10 episodes um, and see what it's like. And, uh, yeah, and uh, decide based on that. But another thing I've been watching, uh, kind of controversial on Netflix as well, uh, is a Dahmer um this is probably mm. the creepiest thing i've ever watched and it's genuinely terrifying uh but yeah i have to give credit to evan peters uh fantastic acting i think this is emmy levels of acting but uh sam uh what do you think about the show Dahmer? i've seen a lot of people say that they shouldn't um uh, you know uh, the ho- hollywood industry shouldn't really highlight serial killers or people who've committed mass murders and crimes uh, by giving them their own show but yeah i think it's important Do you think, uh, because I've also seen the argument that people uh, think it's important as these issues are also showcased on the big screen so people are aware of what's going on? Um, No, I don't think that second argument really holds any water. Um, There are plenty of just documentaries, which I think are the far better way to learn about these things. Um, Dramatizing anything, and this is coming from an actor, dramatizing anything kind of... um, it detaches both the spectator and the person participating from the reality of what they might be depicting. Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't ever watched any dramatized versions of real world serial killers or, or crimes or whatever, because it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine watching like making a murderer when that came out, because that is just a documentary and a deep dive into a case, which is that's, you know, that's fine because it's not, it's not, it's not real. People could, people oh, could argue that yeah. it is malicious in its intent um, when they are dramatizing something because they are trying to, you know, a lot of people are, are posting TikToks about how hot Evan Peters is in this yeah. role. And it's sort of like, yeah, should you, yeah, really okay, Evan that's... Peters is an attractive man, mm-hmm. but he's portraying. You're not uh, quite getting murderer, the intention of the show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also so that song from like 2013. People just started using it as like the word. Uh, someone mentions Jeffrey Dahmer in that song and everyone's like, yeah. sort of yeah. you know, so it, using it's, that song more and more. It's not. I don't I don't like it. I don't condone it. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to stop anybody from watching it. Obviously, it's doing very well. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's. Okay, as an actor, if I was offered a role in something like this, I wouldn't yeah. take it. Just That's because, fair. like, yeah, it might be lucrative. It might be a springboard onto bigger and better things. But I don't know. I just, I feel, I would feel morally wrong doing that because yeah. I am telling somebody else's actual story. Like, that mm-hmm. what, especially, you know, not that we have to go into it, but what Dharma did to his victims is like, yeah really horrific yeah um and then the problem i have with this tv show is it sort of um humanizes Dahmer. it makes you it, they yep. intentionally make you feel bad for him i'm like mm-hmm. why are they doing this he was a mass murderer he killed like 17 people and yeah. uh, he ate them so you know should we really be humanizing this person 
Should we yeah. read? I mean, that, yeah, there are plenty of. And they try to justify why he did what he did. And yeah, then, I think that's that's where the problem is. At. And obviously, like it, um, this came to my attention after I finished the show. I was reading this article about how uh, the fa- victims' families feel about the show and how uh, they're, they're feeling uneasy about you know their um, you know their uh, their family member's story being portrayed on the big screen and sort their the serial killer that did that sort of being humanized and people sort of fawning over him because it's evan peters and you know that's just i don't think that's the way society should be heading towards but yeah documentaries for sure just so people uh know the story of what actually happened but uh tv shows i don't know i don't think that's the right way because just in terms of like dramas Mm -hmm. you have to build a narrative that makes it so that each each episode has a cliffhanger of sorts and it's just like why are you doing that with this kind of actual real world story that there are shows that are focused around crime, something like Broadchurch, which I still think is like phenomenal top tier stuff oh, yeah, from sure. a while Broad back. That wasn't that that's not centered around a real real exactly. world crime, but it is excellent storytelling. Mm-hmm. And you can get away with it as much as what is shown in it is horrific. Yeah. It is fictional. Like that thing didn't happen to a real person. Exactly. And as much as I know they don't show what happens to the victims in Dharma, even just Alluding to it is it's wrong, I think. But hey, um, yeah. Uh, also, that thing like to have a well-written character, like you know, if Dahmer was not a TV show, if if it was a fictional piece, I would mm-hmm. say the character is very well written because sure. the the way they make the audience sympathize with him, sort of in that show, which I think is completely inhumane. We shouldn't be sympathizing with someone like that. But yeah. uh, you know, if it was if it was a fictional piece, it would I would argue it would be a masterpiece because mm-hmm. of how well the character was written. But unfortunately, it's not. And, you know, it's really harming the victims' families, you know, for them to live through those moments again. I don't think it's, you know, uh, t- I don't think serial killers should be highlighted in this way uh, no. in modern-day society. Uh, but, yeah, um, what else have I watched this week? Um, I've watched the She-Hulk finale. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything here because we're going to be recording the spoiler cast right after. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to save it for that. But uh, overall, I liked it. That's that's what I'm gonna leave it at. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the spo- the spoiler cast will probably out before this episode, so the link to that will be in the description below. Make sure to check it out. Uh, but yeah, Sam, anything you want to add before we jump onto the news? I don't think so. Let's do it. All righty. So story number one. Um, so yeah, it looks like we got to eat our words from uh, the last episode you were on, Sam, because um, Harrison Ford might actually be Thunderbolt Ross, uh, and he is rumored to be making his first appearance in Captain America New World Order. How do you feel about him playing, you know, Big Red Hulk? Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> like yep, That's where I'm at. Again, it's something that I still can't quite buy into. As far as I know, it's not actually being reported on by, like, real trades yet. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, essentially confirmed in all of the fan sites yeah. and everything so it's probably true um it's weird it's just harrison ford doesn't obviously he's kind of in the disney camp now he's got the new indiana jones coming out next year but even then he just doesn't seem like the kind of person that wants to get back into franchise storytelling yeah. at this Especially at his at his age. Age, you know um and also just his his persona like he is he wanted Han Solo to die in Force Awakens because he just couldn't care less. Um, and he only came back for uh, Rise of Skywalker because of the paycheck. Um, so that would make me believe that Marvel went, here is a truckload of money, Harrison Ford. Um, I would also wager that this is probably the only time we're going to be seeing uh, Thunderbolt Ross in in uh, New World Order and then Thunderbolts, but I think beyond that, the character is probably done one way or another. Mm-hmm. Whether the mantle of Red Hulk gets passed on to another person or or just gets killed off or whatever, um, I don't think he will do anything beyond that personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, the the one thing that this does demonstrate to me clearly shows that they actually have something quite important planned for Ross, not just Red Hulk. Because um, they could have easily just given Red Hulk to a different character and, and made it an MCU um, unique thing, but it's clear that they must have some kind of important storytelling yet to do um, with with Thunderbolt Ross. You get into murky waters because it's like, well, you know, William Hurt passed away. 
as did Chadwick Boseman. You're recasting one, but not the other. Yeah. Obviously, one is a title character and one isn't. And the one that you think would be recast hasn't been. And the one that you don't think would really need to recast, be recast uh-huh. is. So there's something something going on. Um, we obviously don't know at this stage, but it's interesting. That's It's a big name, that's for sure. He oh, will yeah, sure. get some butts in seats, that's for sure. But yeah, let's. I think that's it's a good segue into our next topic. Um, what do you think about like big name actors uh, in superhero movies? You know, recently we got The Rock as Black Adam, Marshall Ali as Blade, John Krasinski as Reed. You know, how do you feel about big name actors coming in? Would you much rather have them or have an unknown actor who's never been in that limelight portray these characters? Again, coming from an actor, um, my ideal answer would be to give the lesser knowns, the unknowns the opportunities uh that being said though that's not how hollywood works that's not how the film industry works you need to have named talent attached to a film for it to have the best chance of success possible um so i think a mixture of both and i think that marvel are doing that to be fair um they are continually bringing in a lot of named talent there are to be fair there aren't many left that haven't been already snagged up by marvel or, or dc mm-hmm. um but there are still some out there um taron edgerton <clears throat> um <laughs> so i think that they'll keep doing that but then with phase four especially we've been seeing a lot of first time actors unknowns relatively unknowns yeah even if they are only in secondary or supporting roles that's still like a big deal. And with the MCU, yeah. no character is inconsequential. They could very easily show up. Obviously, we know even stuff like the the Khan family are coming back for the Marvels, things like that. Yeah. So I think doing a mix of both is better. I don't have an issue with big name talent because it's it's what they need to guarantee a certain amount of money. Um, especially the the big name actors that have a fan base, which is the people, the kind of people that they seem to be going for, um, you know, a- alongside award contenders, because I don't think Mahershala Ali, for example, is necessarily like super popular or even well known necessarily, That's but he's a two time Oscar been, winner. Yeah. Um, and people will recognize him. Like he, he does have face recognition going for him. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Would I prefer something yeah. else in an ideal world? Sure. But yeah. The, see, the problem I have with not all big-name actors, some big-name actors, is they often portray the same character they've been portraying in multiple movies. Like, the perfect example that comes to mind is The Rock. Like, he's essentially mm-hmm. oh, playing yeah. The Rock in most of his movies. Like, if Marvel get Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise will play a Tom Cruise character. Mm-hmm. He, he won't necessarily play the character that, uh, you know, he's portraying in that movie. He'll play Tom Cruise, you know? So that's, that's where my problem lies with these big-name actors. So I would obviously love unknown actors. You know, Iman Vellani comes to mind as unknown totally. actors in Phase 4. Yeah, for her first acting project, she, blew, she blew, absolutely blew it away. And uh, yeah, um, I'm with you on this one. But uh, uh, And yeah, I guess that... Do you have anything else to add on this story before we move on? I think just in terms of like The Rock, that probably puts a nice bow on it in the sense of it depends very much on the Mm -hmm. actor Um, because there are there are big name actors that are known for their acting and there are big name actors that are known for their name and Dwayne the Rock Johnson is known for his name not for his acting Um, Mahershala Ali is not necessarily known for his name a lot of people might not even know that that's his name but they know his acting um so, yeah, it depends very much on who they pick. Yeah. And I guess um, I'm, I'm big studios usually go for these big-name actors uh, because, again, if they put out a Black Adam movie with an unknown actor, it'll be like, oh, who's this character? But now that The Rock is in it, people are like, oh, did you guys watch the new Rock movie? Precisely. Yeah. So, again, that that probably brings in a couple of hundred million in the box office. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, that's that's why I, I, I see them going for these big actors. You know, and as soon as Captain America um, New World Order comes around, it's like, oh, Harrison Ford's in the movie. He's playing the villain. Exactly. And everyone will be like, oh, let's go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's why studios try to go for these big name actors. You know, John Krasinski as Fantastic Four and, and uh, Azrid Richards in Fantastic Four. That's why I can see them going for John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. You know, all those big name actors is a big mm-hmm. four. Although I would prefer an unknown cast, but, uh, you know, for the for financial reasons, you know, they might get more money if they cast someone big in the role. You know, that could that could be why. And especially totally. for uh, one-off projects, like Thunderbolt Ross, he might be in two or three movies, and then he's out, 
know, exactly. having that big actor would really really help. Uh, I think that's I think that's what they're going to do. Honestly, if we're talking about the MCU, I think that that is the direction we are seeing them head, where they have the big name actors. Mm -hmm. They come in for one to two to three projects that are big spectacle things, and then they become either supporting or they disappear and make way for lesser known actors to take on their mantles. Yeah. Um, so that means that they can keep the paychecks low but the income high. That that's a good way to look at it, but uh. But yeah, I guess let's move on to our second story. Um, but yeah, so Grace Randolph was trending on Twitter uh, last week. <laughs> um, that this was because she spoiled a certain cameo in Black Adam. Now, here's a spoiler warning for to all our viewers. If you want to watch the movie, I would highly recommend jumping off now so you can get the full experience. But now that you have been warned, I will get into it. Uh, so when the Black Adam review embargo was lifted, Grace Randolph literally tweeted, Superman is back exclamation what yeah no way <laughs> who would have thought uh now i know most movie nerds and like movie uh, people who keep up with the movie news like us uh knew he was going to be in the movie but but what about the general audience i know a lot of my friends were looking forward to black adam and a lot of them also follow grace randolph they constantly watch her videos um uh, but you know so you know it's like now that they've been spoiled is there any point for them to go watch the movie because it's like and who's to blame here, WB or the scoopers? Because it's obvious WB legit told the people who came in for the early screenings, yeah, say whatever you want about the movie. And that I'm pretty sure they specifically told them, say that Superman is in the movie. Because again, everyone that came out of the uh, test screenings, they were like, oh, Superman's in the movie. And uh, usually there's uh, an NDA sign for this stuff. But uh, uh, but yeah, um, who do you think that who do you think is at fault here, WB or the scoopers? I mean, it's both depending on on the context and the circumstances. Um, you know, if we're talking this specifically with Black Adam, I wouldn't pin blame on Grace Randolph. Um, mm -hmm. I don't particularly like her. Um, I do watch a lot of her content because she does tend to have quite good scoops mm -hmm. um, that a lot of the time do tend to be uh, proven correct. So it's just a good source of inside information. Um, and, you know... Uh, I would say if people have been watching Grace Randolph and with, if we're going very specific here, if you have been watching Grace Randolph's videos for a while, the whole thing of Henry Cavill coming back as Superman in Black Adam, that is not new news. That is something that has been discussed and raised, not just on her channel, but pretty much everywhere. It, it is a very poorly kept secret that he was coming back. It was for a long time. It was a, will they, won't they, will it actually come to fruition? But over the past month and a half, I'd say, uh, it has been like, no, they've signed the deal. Cavill is back. He's going to be there. This is going to be a post-credit scene. So I don't know. I think if people want to avoid that kind of thing, they need to be aware of who they are following um, because Twitter is an echo chamber. So typically, and this isn't this is generalizing a little bit, but most people on Twitter are already in our kind of spheres where they are very well versed in the goings on within the film industry or, or the video game industry or whatever, depending on where their uh, interests lie because they are following people relating to those industries. So I think it's a mixture of everything. If you are spoiler phobic and you don't want anything spoiled, then just don't follow people or don't go on social media. That's a big ask, but that's just how things are. I think the scoopers slash leakers or whatever are getting a little bit out of hand, but you know, it generates a lot of clicks right now, a lot of traffic on, on social media and on websites if you leak information. So it is becoming a trend, not a very necessarily good one, but it is a trend nevertheless. And uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, most studios are, are not they are infrequently leaking stuff from the inside to not only generate hype, but also to gauge consumer interest before they yeah. necessarily commit to anything. Yeah, we know so Sony sort of did that with Venom too, where leaking totally. that and post-credit scene, yeah. Totally. Um, but with this, if we're being realistic, Warner Brothers knows that Black Adam isn't really that hot of a property, probably not going to do incredibly well unless they leak like sony did as you just said unless they leak and just basically flat out confirm that uh 
that Superman is back, Henry Cavill, in even if it's just for like five seconds in a post-credit scene, which is what it is. Um, I think that that is enough to bring in additional money and ultimately they are money-making machines these corporations so they will do what they can to make as many bucks as possible so it's it's a mess the whole leaking thing is a mess but it's one that is going to continue whether you like it or not so be careful you're muted i was muted again uh but yeah um yeah i think it's only gonna get worse from now on um you know the whole leaking community the scoops and all that uh but i do believe grace randolph was out of line um i know a lot of people follow her she has near a million subscribers maybe even if it's like a one in a thousand person who might not be as up to the news as us that movie was ruined for that one person and for someone with as large of a following as grace randolph i don't think she should be straight out coming and saying that maybe she could have posted a few hints but not you know legit saying superman is back in the movie you know i think that sure. might have ruined it for some people um again i do think wb is also to blame here uh like um now that you know uh <clears throat> now that you know uh spoil it some people might not even watch this movie because that clip surfacing around uh, is online and everyone and their mom knows uh about it so you know good job zaslav you screwed up again but uh i guess this is a you know a good segue uh to our next topic to like what degree uh are, are scoops accept- acceptable because you know now we're in pretty much in a time um studios are purposely leaking scenes just so people and go and just so people go and watch their movies uh but yeah to what degrees are you know leaks from scoopers acceptable um you know how much should leakers and scoopers reveal um hmm. depends on the intent i think if it is simply doing it for clout then it's bad um We've seen that backfire, not necessarily in the film industry, but in the games industry recently. Um, It does not work. You will eventually get caught out if you are just doing it for clout. If it's something, again, it's very context dependent. If it's something like this, where Black Adam as a film, what I'm hearing, not necessarily all that great. It's a a very okay film, enjoyable, but nothing special. Um, I think... Again, it's it's a it's a Venom two, where Venom two, really quite a terrible film, but the one good thing that they had, which is what to be fair, the entire Sony Spider Man universe is doing at the minute, is just clinging on by its by its fingernails to the MCU, um, and DC are doing the same thing. They are baiting hardcore DC EU fans by bringing back these characters which in my opinion is a mistake um because they're just repeating the same mistakes as old warner brothers but hey ho, that's a different conversation um and this is pretty much the only way by just posting the clip literally themselves onto their own youtube channels warner brothers or dc leaking it through scoopers is the only definitive guaranteed way because even word of mouth isn't really enough because you had the same thing with um no way home where everybody for months prior to that film coming out was saying Maguire and garfield are in the film they are 100 percent in the film yeah. and people just didn't believe it they were like i i don't think i think you're gonna i think you're lying to me how do you know how do you know and we're like what the, they have the, the set photos and videos have leaked and they're like, oh, but what if they're photoshopped? So it's like the only way that they can, one, let fans know that what they might want is going to be in the film and also to maybe persuade some people who were like, mm, not so hot on Black Adam, but I did love Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. This is how they get them. Um, right. And they don't have to take personal responsibility, Warner Brothers and DC, because they can say it leaked through a third party. So, right. Yeah. Um, you know, in an ideal world, it would be amazing if scoopers and leakers just stuck to, you know, leaking casting announcements and all of that instead mm-hmm. of, you know, full on giving us detailed description of post credit scenes or a cameo that's going to be in the movie or how this movie sets up the next movie and all that. But, uh, you know, I think it's only going to get worse from here. Um, you know, companies like Warner Bros, Disney, they're going to keep feeding this information to the leakers, ask them to leak it out, you know, hopefully to gain more traction. You know, No Way Home was probably the biggest success after COVID pandemic. And uh, yeah, yep. that was because of all the hype surrounding that movie before the movie release. You know, they released a trailer for like two months before the movie. 
And everyone, well, leading up to the trailer, everyone was hyped. And then when they released that second trailer, you see Alfred Molina in it, and everyone was, you know, even more hyped. And uh, yeah, I think that's 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 the way business is moving. Um, that's the direction the industry is choosing to move in. And uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. And also, just as like a final point, mm-hmm. let's not forget that the the hype cycle building up to No Way Home also included leaks. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they they are on the surface a negative thing but if they are handled correctly which i yeah. think is what both me i would and say you i would say no at. home was handled very well because there was yeah. a mixture of leaks there are some leaks that were fake and some leaks that were legit real and people mm-hmm. thought because the first leak was you know debunked people thought okay the second one might might be fake too exactly but it wasn't you know that picture of andrew garfield and toby Maguire standing on behind that blue screen yeah i, I thought okay that's definitely photoshopped the first one is but no, that turned out to be real. And exactly. then John Campia came out and ruined it for everyone. <laughs> but uh, um, but uh, yeah, anything else you want to add to the story before we move on? No, let's do it. All right. Uh, okay, story number three. So a bunch of Marvel movies have been uh, delayed because of um, the shena- all the shenanigans around Blade. Um, so yeah, let me just read out all the movies that have been delayed. Uh, Blade will now release September 6th. 2024 it was originally scheduled for november 2023 uh now a blade took deadpool 3 spot uh, and blade has now and, and now deadpool 3 has now been moved to november 8 2024 which was originally fantastic four spot which has now shifted to february 14 2025 oh valentine's day and um avenger seeker wars uh to no one's surprise has been moved to 2026 uh yeah i think we all saw this coming um, what do you think? Do you have any particular thoughts about this, Sam? I'm not surprised, but it still hurts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, as somebody who is an MCU fanboy, I'm a simp for the MCU, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, shill. Yeah, but particularly, like, again, inevitable, but Blade, seeing that move back essentially an entire year, that stings. Because I was you know, after watching like Werewolf by Night recently, mm-hmm. um, Moon Knight earlier in the year, I was like, oh yeah, the supernatural side of the MCU. This is this is the stuff I'm here for. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, whilst watching Werewolf by Night, hmm, this time next year, I'll practically be watching Blade. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and now I have to wait two years. Of course, I will wait those two years. And I can only imagine that not only Blade, but every single film here that's been delayed will be all the better for it, um, having more time to, you know, uh, fine-tune the scripts, get all the pre-production in place, even get in some, like, crossovers that maybe are now possible, um, or, or interlinking, should I say, that's now possible because of the delay. Uh, yeah, like, again, like you say, it's it's inevitable, it's it's understandable, it's the right choice. I'd f- mm-hmm. far prefer this than them going, oh, quick, let's just let's just get a director and let's just film Blade because we we set a date next year and we have a mm-hmm. we will have a gap otherwise. That's what I feel like they did with most projects in Phase Four, uh, to a degree. Like, if, sure, I think sure. Kevin Feige is taking criticism from Phase Four and really impl- implying it, uh, really implementing it, not implying it uh, into Phase Five and Six going forward. Because I think the main problem with Phase Four was, oh, the movies look rushed. Oh, um, the script doesn't totally, look yeah. very well fleshed out. You know, if Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness had that extra year, how much better would it have, would it have been? You know, mm-hmm. if Michael Waltron had more than three weeks to actually write a script, how much better would that movie have been? You know, yeah. so I think this is Kevin Feige, you know, taking that right. Okay, I don't like the script. I don't think it's got, fans are going to like it that much. Let's scrap it completely, start from scratch and make a whole new script that will probably be one of the best MCU movies ever. You know, he's got someone he's really... Yeah, probably. But like, he's got a really good writer on board. He's looking for a good director. And yeah, the movie's been delayed a whole year. So they have time to do all that. He's gotten Marshall Ali back on board after the rumors that he was, you know, sort of frustrated. I never thought he was going to leave. But, you know, now that he's fully back on board, new writer, new director, fresh start for the movie. Hopefully, this is a well fleshed out project. And uh, yeah, I think Marvel, this is Marvel slowly taking the criticism from phase four and implementing into phase five. And as for the other delays, I know it sucks when, you know, a movie you're looking forward to is delayed. But honestly, let let Marvel Studios take their time with this. You know, like there were rumors that Kevin Feige has been spread too thin. Now, let him take his time with the projects, even if even if that means we get two to three movies a year. I'm fine with that as long as we get quality once again, because, you know, out of the 
what two MCU movies released this year. One was okay. The other one was pretty bad, in my opinion. Thor: Love and Thunder, eh. Multiverse of Madness, okay. You know, they they, they could have been much better considering how good the first Doctor Strange movie was and Thor: Ragnarok was. Um, but yeah, um, most of us were calling Secret Wars. It will be twenty twenty six, and that's okay because we're still getting to it. And uh, the creative this means the creative team has more time uh, to flesh out a good project. So I'm 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 all for the delay. If it means we're gonna get a well fleshed out project, not half baked stuff like some of the projects in Phase Four have been. Uh, but yeah, my only concern with this is uh, what's gonna take Blade Spot, because that's like what and now there's like a ten to eleven month gap between Marvel movies. Um, the only t- la- the last time we had this big gap of was like the COVID pandemic, so it almost feels unreal in this stage. You know, Marvel have like five six projects movie projects this each year, and now next year they might only have three feels unreal but uh but yeah i'm just gonna come out and say there might we might probably get another special and uh the feeling in my gut says that it will be nova uh we're probably gonna get a nova special in that time i don't know how true it is um don't ask me how why when where because it's just a feeling in my gut i think they're trying to get that up and you know knowing how much kevin feige loves the character Nova, he can't stop talking about him in an interview so uh i think and also you know mm-hmm. if we're just putting our speculating caps on here Roman, mm-hmm. let's think there are two space-themed films coming out next year. Guardians. We have Guardians and the Marvels. Ooh. So, you never know. Next year might be the cosmic year for the MCU. Yeah. Guardians 3 could have a little little tease no, no or even an here. introduction of a, uh-huh. of a Richard Rider and then going into a special. You, you never know. Interesting. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, Sam, I wanted to ask you, what, what, what do you think is going to replace Take the Spot over here? This might sound contradictory mm-hmm. to me being a Marvel shill and watching anything and everything they put out and liking most of it. But I'd, I'd honestly be okay if they just didn't replace it with anything. If they mm-hmm. did just... And I don't think that they're going to. I think there will be something. Um, but I, I think I'd be okay with it because obviously there would still be a show or two towards the latter half of the year next year. Um, and that would take up most of the time. And, you know, it kind of feeds into the whole thing that a lot of people, or not a lot, I should say, some people have been saying where it's like seeing the Marvel Studios intro doesn't feel special anymore because mm-hmm. um, we're seeing it pretty much every week. And I, I like, you know, I still love Marvel. But I do, I do agree. Like it's not, they're not wrong, mm-hmm. because I remember every time you know before the Disney Plus shows started coming out, I would every have time to you're wait. in that theater, and every time you're in the theater, you see that intro playing, that music playing, and you start getting pumped, goosebumps, literally yeah. full goosebumps, yeah. And you're because you're waiting, you know, three to four months between seeing it, unless and now we're pretty much getting it every week before every exactly. Um, so, you know, I feel as much as like. The, the gap between uh you know the end of phase three and the start of phase four with one division and black widow and whatnot mm-hmm. as much as that didn't quite work it did for one division but not for black widow i think having not as large a gap but a smaller gap between show and film and film and film would probably benefit them just mm-hmm. just easing off the gas just a little bit taking a, a little mini break and then ramping up full force into the next year. Okay. Yeah. I think that's again, a perfect segue into our next topic, which is, um, you know, uh, I think it was a scooper. I can't remember his name. I think it was Murph- from Murphy's multiverse that Kevin Feige is considering doing more specials and reducing the number of Marvel TV shows we get in the uh, going on from phase six, because phase five, almost everything's been filmed already. So starting phase six, we might be getting more specials than TV shows. Um, I personally want to know what camp you're on. You Would you like to see more character-focused specials or more six to nine episode TV shows based on characters? See, now I'm interested to know where you're coming down. Um, I am wholeheartedly just do more specials. Just more specials. I love, I love the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I like most of them, love some of them. Um, but, and I, I, I don't, saying that obviously because specials are one-off they're shorter mm-hmm. they're less of a time commitment that doesn't mean i want like hell of a lot of specials every single year to 
to take the place of shows, I still think that they can do all three films, shows, presentations. Um, but I would prefer, and it seems to be the case that they are going to transfer some planned shows into specials because it means that they can, it's less of a time commitment for the consumer, which means they are more likely to watch everything that Marvel put out because mm-hmm. obviously they are fragmenting the uh, the viewership at the minute with just the yep. amount of content that you seem to feel you have mm-hmm. to watch. Um, but also it just means that they can get introduced more characters quicker. Um, and again, it's like the Marvel fan in me. It means that we can get more interconnectedness because I feel like as much as people are like, oh, we don't want cameo fest and stuff, that is part, not all of, but part of the magic of what makes the MCU work right. and be so mm-hmm. special, that it has sure. the characters existing in the same worlds and that they can cross paths in projects um and there's been a bit of a lack of that in phase four and i think that that is even if people don't admit it that is part of the reason why phase four hasn't been as successful Mm -hmm. um i still love phase four i love the the creative swings that they're taking with most of the projects even if i don't love all of the swings that they take i'm still glad that they're taking them that they aren't just rinse and repeating their their old usual tropes they are trying different things even if most of them aren't working um but yeah i think that that will allow them to be hey we are having a nova special next year let's get him in i don't know uh (laughs) it means he's ready to go for kang dynasty next in the next year you know Mm -hmm. or um hey, we want to do a Silver Surfer special where we introduce both him and Galactus. Right. Let's have that. And then that can segue into Fantastic Four. Um, Ghost Rider, that can segue into Midnight Suns. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that that is definitely the route that they should take. Just alone going off of how much I absolutely adored Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Um, I think that that is... I think that's the the way forward, honestly. Yeah. See, the way I see it, I saw Phase 4 as an experiment. I thought Kevin Feige was like, okay, we're going through a pandemic. Let, let's experiment. Let's see what, what works and what doesn't work. They tried it with the TV shows. While some of them were, mass, them were massive hits, you know, when WandaVision was airing, mm-hmm. it was, that was like everyone was so hyped each week, episode after episode. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, people were so hyped, but the hype died, died down a bit. Um, for Loki, everyone was hyped again because everyone loves Loki. Who doesn't love Loki? And then after that, it was a slow decline to to the point where Miss Marvel was the low, like it had the lowest streaming numbers for an MCU TV show, and She Hulk's not doing great streaming well, streaming numbers mm-hmm. wise either. So you know, I thought it was more of an experiment. And then Werewolf by Night came, and uh, the positive reactions online, and uh, you know, everyone's loving it. Uh, me personally, I feel more attached to the to the two characters and three characters, Man Thing, where uh, Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night, and uh, Elsa Bloodstone, than mm-hmm. I do to oscar isaac's moon knight interesting and that was, yeah because that and, and that was only for like what a four, 45 minute special mm-hmm. but that made me feel more attached to those characters than the entirety of moon knight because i moon knight is probably my least favorite mcu tv show moon, uh yeah controversial <laughs> uh but yeah and to a, to an extent i also feel more attached to them than i feel to miss marvel because and that's probably one of my favorite disney plus tv shows I'm yeah, like, okay, no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm more invested in these characters. They're actually written really, really well. Miss Marvel, okay, I, I like her character, but the characters surrounding her, do I really feel that attached? You know, but well, yeah. well, in this one, we got also Bloodstone Man Thing who was in it for a few scenes. I'm like, I can't wait to see more of him. You know, so it's more yeah. of, I think it depends on the character, obviously, which they're going for. If they're planning to do a character like Ghost Rider, I think that would be a great special. But if they're planning on doing um, a character like, um, I can't think of anyone, but uh, if it's a character that requires a longer story arc, like Daredevil, you could say, maybe that could be a TV show. Heroes for Hire, that could probably be a special, but yeah. Jessica Jones can probably be a TV show, you know? So that's where I might. It depends on the character. And also, there's been a lot of complaints in Phase 4, because I think the watch time of Phase 4 is more than all three phases yeah, combined. Yeah, triple, like yeah. everything yeah. combined. So, yeah. mean, so it's like, you know that would probably lower the number of hours, lower the amount of commitment people have to put in to the MCU. Cause I know some of my friends who are, you know, j- they just watch the Marvel movies. They're like, Oh, we don't have time to watch like five shows a year, nine episodes, you know, waiting weekly just to watch them. Um, yeah. So, you know, that might, this could probably help 
not oversaturation of content. And most of the stuff in TV shows are filler, except for like maybe the last two episodes when they're like, oh, this is leading up to something. But the first four episodes just character development filler, which isn't bad, as to say, but that could probably be accomplished in a 45-minute special, in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah, I would definitely agree specials are the way to move forward. Uh, I would still love to see some TV shows sprinkled around. but uh, Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm with you 100%. So, like, instead of having four TV shows a year, we could have two specials, two TV shows. Yeah, that, that would absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also that, that does then allow like i said the gaps that can go in between so it doesn't feel like you're just week to week overwhelmed and desensitized Uh to the marvel magic right you will have because of just a one-off special you will then have a gap that is not massive by any means but at least like a few weeks a month a month and a half between that special and the next show or film that comes out um a question though because it's something that I've seen discussed before. We don't necessarily have to dive into it, but just something I'd pose. We're both on the same side, more specials as opposed to shows. Would you be okay with a special or two um, over the next few years Mm -hmm. being the way that they introduce certain X-Men characters? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Because like, when we eventually do get to the movie, that's like, what, seven, eight characters on the roster? Mm-hmm. And uh, having a bit of background information for, for the general audience as well. That would yeah. help immensely. That, you know, maybe not the main characters like Cyclops or Storm or all that, but, you know, yeah, yeah, like Colossus, have his background yep. story in Russia, build that up, you know, absolutely amazing. Storm, have her and, you know, how she was worshipped as a god. And uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what country she was from, but how she was worshipped as a god because of her mutant. Could have a little bit of Wakanda yeah. sprinkled in that exactly. special as well. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I would absolutely love that, and that would be perfect background information to the characters, like how Phase One was. We got those individual superhero movies, and then that led to the Avengers movie and all that. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm and, with you. And- I'm with you. I think it it allows a sped up version of Phase One where it is still the same. They are still laying the groundwork. They aren't just introducing a character in an ensemble film with no prior established background story or anything, but it means that they can get it out quicker um, so that we we can get an X-Men team film sooner, but they still allow each character to have their moment in the limelight. And then when we get the ensemble, it still feels like we are assembling, you know, these characters in the same way that phase one did culminating in the Avengers. So do it, Marvel, do it. I, I beg you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's move on to our community questions. We got three this week. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the first one is um, uh, this comes from an anonymous uh, user. Uh, and that is uh, what is your guys' favorite Marvel fan theory? Even at the MCU. Ooh, that is, that is a curve. I know one. one I this is Jemmy's theory. Um, okay. The damage control one from, uh, you know, how they've been sprinkled across M- every MCU project. Maybe mm-hmm. that that could be laying the foundation for the Sentinel program leading forward when we eventually do get. Oh. That's probably yeah. my favorite fan theory. And, you know, that could probably be the first an- antagonist in the, you know, um, X-Men movie or whatever they plan on doing. Yeah. No, I I, I, I like that. It would make a lot of sense. I mean, you know, you are yeah, seeing. Yeah, you know, the, you the... also have those Stark bots sort of following yeah. super superhuman activity. Yeah, you're seeing the the shift in in public perception slowly turn away from just automatically idolizing these superpowered people to being a little bit more like, oh, are they actually dangerous? And then you know we get the bombshell in just casually stated in in She Hulk the not the finale, but the previous episode where they say that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. Like, that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. And that um, was just, like, lightly mentioned in an exactly. episode of But it, that has, like, or should have quite severe ramifications on how the rest of the MCU going forward um, plays out. It means that, you know, teams like the Thunderbolts can exist where there is less regulation on superpowered people. Um, my favorite fan theory um i am going to say that um one that i have seen mm-hmm. which i would be interested to see is that 
Coven of Chaos, the Agatha show, is um, basically the entire plot of that is uh, surrounding the idea of resurrecting the Scarlet Witch. Um, I think that that's like you could probably make that assumption yourself, um, or that at least Wanda will show up in the show. Because mm-hmm. uh, how exactly can you have a Chaos Coven without? the chaos magic user scarlet witch um but yeah i think i really like that concept it makes me instantly more intrigued in exactly what that show is going to be about obviously we have potential connections to the hood that's going to be in Ironheart. um you know is, is is he going to be a protege of um agatha's it's it's very interesting i think that that show in but in particular has a lot of mystery cast over it at the minute. Like what exactly is it going to be? But I think that having that as a way to bring back Wanda um, is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, there was also that theory about Wanda, um, you know, how Molecule Man plays a part in um, what's it called? Um, the Secret Wars in the comics. Yeah. That she could. Yeah, and she's going to play that role. I-, I can see that working. And that's yeah, the, next time we see her. the next time we see her, she's with Doom. That would that that would be that would be very creepy, and I'd love that. But uh, but yeah, and any any other fan theories you want to throw in there? None that I could pull to my head. That there are so many out there, and most of them are just ridiculous. Yeah, that is um, Henry Cavill is Sentry confirmed. It's happening, people. Yeah, it's happening. They should just not... get the entire 2017 Justice League cast, uh, Squadron Supreme in the MCU. <laughs> that would that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, uh, if that does happen, but uh, uh, but yeah, um, next question this comes from JK Orden on Twitter. Uh, what do you guys think is going to be the next Avengers lineup leading up to Kang Dynasty? You know, the core five or core six Avengers characters that will okay. Um, I have a pretty solid guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. uh, Sam, Captain Sam. America, uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Doctor Strange, okay. Uh, She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, for spicy... No, um, am I gonna am I going to go spicy, man? Am I going to go spicy? Because I could go for like a safe bet, mm-hmm. um, like Thor. But for spicy... I'm gonna say no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that because that's ridiculous. <laughs> I will say you know what? I'm gonna say Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel in the same team. Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna Interesting. say uh okay, I'm gonna go very different here. I think we're this is um few of some of the characters, Sam, Captain Marvel, um, Shang-Chi, I mm-hmm. the uh, She-Hulk, these four are safe bets. Next yeah. characters I'm gonna add War Machine, one. Okay. If he makes it out of Armor Wars alive and not a scroll, um, War Machine, um, Ant Man and the Wasp, I think they'll they'll still be uh, strong members of the team. I'd say Wasp maybe more than Ant Man, but you never know. You never know. I think uh, maybe Giant Man instead of Ant Man. Maybe, maybe sure. he just scores big now instead of going small. Yep. And Wasp scores small, but whatever. Um, who who else? I, I think I made a list somewhere. Of the characters I'd like to see, I don't think Thor is going to be in the next Avengers lineup. I think he's out, out. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. I'll leave it at that. Seven members: Ant Man, Wasp, um, uh, Captain Marvel, War Machine, Sam. Oh, I forgot Shuri, Black Panther. Shuri's Black Panther. I think she's definitely going to be in the Avengers. I, um, I would say a Black Panther. A Black. Panther. Um, I, I. Pure speculation. So, if you mm-hmm. really don't want to hear anything about Wakanda forever, then escape. I I don't think that Shuri will be Black Panther outside of Wakanda forever. I think that we're, we're, it's no, no, no. I think it's it'll either be Nakia or uh, Mbaku, maybe both. But I think only one would be on. An there was a rumor I saw. I don't know how true it is that they might revive Killmonger through the ancestral plane. And have him be the Black Panther. And that Killmonger might... will be in Wakanda forever, but it, I, th- yeah, I I would I would almost one hundred percent say it will just be in the ancestral plane. Okay, okay that, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but uh, what do you think about recasting T'Challa? 
um, you know, after Secret Wars, the MCU might be a very different place. And obviously, a lot of the characters we know and love are probably going to be gone. Um, you know, maybe a way to retain the hype the MCU have. Secret Wars could be like a soft, after Secret Wars, it could be like a soft reboot. And some of the characters which have died or not been in an MCU movie for a long time might be recast. Maybe we get Iron Man back, but someone else playing him. Maybe we get a Black Panther again, but someone else is playing him. Yeah, uh, I, I think just by the sheer thing that they have variants as a concept mm-hmm. now, like anybody is at the end yeah. of the and day. And after Secret Wars, like at, in the comics at the end of Secret Wars, there's only one soul world and it was like the ultimate universe and the normal universe. They combine and Miles Morales is there and all of that. So yeah. I think, I mean, you we'll know, see, even, yeah. even with Multiverse of Madness, we're seeing incursions being brought up. So yeah. like, we know all of this stuff is coming. I would even wager that we will probably see a variant of T'Challa before the end of Secret Wars. Um I, I would wager that there will be a T'Challa variant. Because there was a rumor that in this movie they confirmed that Nakia is pregnant. And, yes, uh, I, 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 child. And what if post Secret Wars, the you know the world's shaken up, time travel shenanigans, all of that. That child is now grown up, and he's the next Black Panther. Um, I could see T'Challa's son being a Black Panther in the future. I still think that there will probably almost certainly be multiple Black Panthers in Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wager both Shuri, obviously, Nakia, Mbaku, maybe even Okoye um, will wear a suit at some point, even if it's only briefly. Um, and I think that going forward, my my running theory, and it's, it's quite short, but I'll run it past you, is that... Um, Nakia being, you know, a war dog, a former member of the Dora Milaje is technically the best suited um, because she is very agile. She has battle experience. Um, Shuri is a tech genius, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily preclude her from being the Black Panther. I think she'll make a very good one. Um, And M'Baku just isn't quite fit for leadership in that sense. I don't think he... I could see M'Baku becoming the king of Wakanda. But not a black panther. I don't think he I don't think he could. I think I think he just in the how he was portrayed in the first film, he mm-hmm. he I don't think he wants that. Like obviously he he fought for it against T'Challa, but I just I think even after that fight, there's something in Mbaku that just doesn't quite fit with what the leader of Wakanda needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um I think Mbaku is still too much of a brute in a good way. Um I think Shuri will take on the Black Panther mantle because Nakia is pregnant and therefore can't. Um, so she will fight in Nakia's place. And then once Nakia gives birth to T'Challa's son, she will then assume the mantle. Argu- I would argue alongside M'Baku, because um, I think they can both have Black Panther suits. And then Shuri will return to being a tech genius, but also be the queen of Wakanda. Um, I think that that is a better fit for Shuri as a character. Because, um, you know, because uh, both trailers open up with Nakia as the main shot. So yep. I think that could be foreshadowing. And the cast recently came out and said, it's not, the new Black Panther is not who you think it is. Yeah. So, you know, they could, uh, they, again, they could just be talking to the general audience who might not have guessed it, but, you know, it could be alluding to something. But we have mm-hmm. one more viewer question from um, Jake Jordan again. Um, and this one is, uh, since there are rumors going around that face uh, the next saga is going to be the mutant saga, um, what X-Men stories are you most would you most like to see adapted into the big screen? What would I like to see? Um, my My fanboy heart would love to see even if it's like a Elseworlds is the wrong thing because that's DC, but um, a what if scenario, but in live action of James Howlett and mm. Captain America um, fighting through World War One together. I would love to see a Captain America Wolverine team up um, in one form or another. Um, the only other thing that I think I would love to see is... And this this would be down the line because there would be a lot of of establishment needed for various characters. I would love to see House of M done properly. Um, 
obviously there were elements of that in one division but i would I would really like to see Wanda coming back again, maybe through Coven of Chaos, the show. Um, I'd love to see that. And then her alongside Magneto or whatever, um, or even just herself, they can they can change the story slightly if they wish. Um, but do the House of M properly. And maybe that is a way of universally resetting outside of Secret Wars reboot, whatever. Um, having a proper House of M where things are just wiped because of Wanda, that could be another interesting way of like soft rebooting. So those two things I would particularly like to see. Okay, fair enough. Uh, see, this I want to see. Uh, I know it's been done twice and done terribly twice. Uh, I want to see a full-on Phoenix saga, a dark Phoenix, the Phoenix oh, saga, I... and a dark Phoenix saga. So I want to see the entire thing. Um, so. Start off with the rise of the Phoenix, you know, the big Avengers X-Men crossover movie. Uh, and then in that movie, Jean Grey ends up being the savior of the day. And that's the rise of the Phoenix. That's when she first gets her Phoenix powers. That, that's what I want to see in the first big crossover movie. I don't know. The, vin- the villain can be someone like Annihilus or something. And uh, she destroys mm-hmm. his entire fleet with her Phoenix powers or wh- whatever. And then uh, the next X-Men movie following that, I want to see slow hints of the Dark Phoenix. Uh, and and then leading up to that, uh, the Shi'ar Empire gets introduced and they're like, oh, we need to kill the Phoenix. And they start attacking Earth. And then uh, they, they say, we'll uh, either we'll destroy the planet or, uh, or hand us Jean Grey or we'll destroy the planet. And the Avengers, they want the Avengers are fantastic for their side. They want to hand Jean Grey over because they're scared of her power. Or we could the Illuminati could do that, not the Avengers, as per se. And that causes Avengers versus X-Men storyline, which we get. And at the end of that storyline, you know, the, whatever happens in the comics, uh, Scott Summers eventually gets the power, kills a major character. No, no spoilers. Kills a major character. And yeah, I, I think that would be. And then they could uh, the next phase, they could end with Age of the Apocalypse with Phoenix Force. I think that is my Interesting. ideal. But, OK, so favorite. would but would you expect them to do that storyline further down the line? Because obviously. I don't think they're going to touch that storyline at all in the MCU. You don't think they're going to do Phoenix Force? They might do. Yeah, that that uh, that's, that was my point. Thing. I was like, we've seen two yeah. relatively poor versions of it. Exactly. Just so like, do they want to try be third I think time lucky? We'll get something but... along the lines of a Dark Phoenix story, but it, it sure. might just be a one movie thing. It won't be yeah, a whole yeah, saga yeah. Uh, because I think that they're probably going to lead more into Jonathan Hickman's X Men run. You know, maybe mm-hmm. introduce. Uh, Krakura, whatnot, uh, and yeah, Jemmy uh, has joined us. What's up, Jemmy? How are you doing? I'm going to randomly interject to say that I would actually think that if they do Dark Phoenix, it would be spread over more movies than one. Because again, Kevin, for what it's worth, he seems to be more of an X Men fan at least these days. So I have a feeling whatever major storyline they're going to do is probably going to be spread over. So I'd imagine like Days mm-hmm. Future Past, we probably see hints of the Sentinels in one thing. And oh, yeah, I think that's the first the movie. Letter. First X Men movie will be like a Sentinels a program thing, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine probably Sentinel or maybe just Avengers X Men because I could honestly see what you said playing out pretty easily mm-hmm. in the MCU. Either that, or if she doesn't outright get the Phoenix Force, maybe having because again, we can't forget that the current holder of the Phoenix Force in comics right now is Echo, who is also, according to MCU stuff we've seen, is supposed to be a major character going forward. So mm-hmm. you know. That type of yeah, stuff. I just wanted to randomly interject to say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, but yeah, while we're at it, uh, the viewer question we got is: uh, the next saga is going to be the mutant saga. What X Men stories would you like to see adapted onto the big screen? Is there any particular story you'd like to mention? Uh, I mean, it, we're talking about the next story. Eventually, I'd love to see Krakoa, but I don't think it should be the next story, just because I think there needs to be a decent amount set up. Um, honestly, here's the thing. It kind of depends on what they want to do, what direction they want to take this version of the X-Men, I feel like. If we're going more, if they are going to be basically our Avengers analog, more big team-up type things, then, you know, I'd want to see maybe a Days of Future Past, elements of that brought in, having um, just mainly maybe a debut of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or something. Quiet as is kept, although this is quite literally the worst comic book event I've ever read. And I've read Heroes in Crisis. An ultimatum adaptation in the MCU could work. 
could work as the long MCU as Mark Miller stays as far away from anything as to do as possible. Yeah, I mean, like, MCU <laughs> never really adapts the stories. Like, yeah, so exactly. So, you know, so, yeah, with their own the loose channel. idea of um, the loose idea of Magneto, especially if they make Magneto connected to Quicksilver or Wanda, having Magneto have some type of connection, being mad, and then, all right, you know what, humanity, I guess you're going bye-bye now. That's a great story, and I think has a lot of potential, especially arguably if they want to play Magneto as more uh, morally ambiguous, and then maybe this could be an actual him as a major threat down the line. You know? Yeah, that, that's a good shout. Uh, but yeah, guys, any other stories you want to throw in there before we wrap up? No, not from me. All right. So with that, guys, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you to all our viewers who sent questions in. Uh, make sure to let, let us know your thoughts on what X-Men stories you'd like to see in the comment section below, your, what your Avengers lineup would be, or what your favorite fan theory is. All down in the comment section below. Uh, and uh, Sam, where can we find you? People can find me on Twitter at Sam Heaney. That's H-E-A-N-E-Y. Uh, Jemmy, where can we find you? Apparently, people can find me at the end of the podcast, coming in unexpectedly. <laughs> also, at jemmy underscore 421 on Instagram. And you can find me at amon underscore m05 on Instagram. Thanks for watching. Make sure to join our Discord server where you can send in your community questions or uh, hang out with the rest of the crew uh, at Save the Game Media. Uh, and yeah, guys, thanks for watching. And we'll see you again very, very 